Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's podcast of The Worship Life. I'm Christy Hutchings at ChristyHutchings.com. And let me tell you, I believe this week's podcast is one of my most personal to date. I'm going to be talking about why so many of our relationships are filled with turmoil and we keep making the same mistakes over and over. Why so many of us feel like victims instead of victors. And this is a wound that I believe exists in the understanding of our worth as human beings that many of us don't possess and we're looking for it in all the wrong places. Maybe this is you. If you feel like you're stuck in the same old cycles in life, relationships, finding your purpose, and on and on and on, I want you to join me today on The Worship Life. Welcome to this week's podcast of The Worship Life. Um, This is a really personal sharing that I'm going to be doing today because I have lived in this place and still go there very often. (laughs) And one of the reasons I even started this podcast was that you know, I really want to be transparent in sharing my life and the things that I go through with you um, and how it relates to our relationship with God. And, you know, the bottom line is that everything in our life, the center, the central place is our relationship with God, bar none. Look, the bottom line of answering any of these questions today that that we posed in the introduction is understanding our relationship with God and being reconciled to God. Look, there is no other uh, answer that I have other than that. Um, and, And a lot of that comes out of my own personal experience, but because of what I know of God in the word of God. So I'm so glad that you decided to hang out with me today. I really appreciate you. Uh, Uh, subscribing to the podcast, sharing it with your friends and your family. And anytime we talk about anything, if you feel that you know somebody that could use this information and this discussion, please send it to them, share it with them. I want you to uh, know how much I appreciate you tuning in and even posting a lot of your comments on, uh, on um, social media, sharing on Facebook, uh, the podcast. It, I appreciate it so much because really the the purpose that I stand for is in bringing freedom to other people. And, you know, the Bible says that uh, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Amen. Well, I want to start out with reading a blog post that I did uh, really several years ago. But man, I read this over again here recently, and it just blew my mind how God um, uh, was speaking to me personally. And, you know, I'm I'm in for several years, it uh, feels like my whole life, but have been on a quest and in a place of really not understanding my personal worth. And, you know, you can say that outside your head all you want and read all the books you want, but really that revelation comes from God himself. 
And I'm walking through a place right now in my life where he's revealing so many things about that to me. And it's very healing. At the same time, it's very convicting because I've had to face um, the truth of things in my life that my insecurities and the wound of not understanding my value and my worth have caused to other people. What wounds have I created in the lives of other people because I didn't understand my own worth and I'm still understanding it and I'll probably be understanding it till the day I die. And I think, you know, nobody has a handle on this thing. I mean, you know, look at how jacked up our world is, (laughs) you know, if we understood our worth, there are a lot of things that we would do differently. And that's what this podcast today is about, is looking at that. And my hope and my prayer is that today that the Lord will open all of our hearts to the revelation of our worth in his eyes and really bringing us to a place that we really see our worth and our value. Look, when that happens, it changes everything. It doesn't mean that it's easy, but it does change everything. So I want to go ahead and share this podcast or this uh, blog post, excuse me, with you. It's called The Lie That Steals Our Beauty. And you can find it at chrissyhutchings.com. Now, really, really quickly before I start reading it, the term man or men in this article refers to mankind, men and women, uh, Unless it's otherwise specified, when I say the term man or men, it means mankind, men and women. So here we go. Do you know we've been fed a lie? Not just any lie, but the lie. And that lie has stripped us of our value to the lowest common denominator. Common is the operative word here. We've all made ourselves common to try and escape the question that rages inside of us, Who am I and what is my value? We've relegated our uniqueness to commonality so that no one feels less than anybody else. And in doing this, we all feel less than who we were created to be. We've lost sight of our image and identity because we've lost sight of the image of God in whose likeness we've been created. The lie is that God is like the creature and originates from what is created instead of being the creator of it all. The lie says that God is like the animals or like the creation, that he is a figment or illustration of men. Some have called God a tree or the sun and stripped him of his glory to make him more palatable, tolerable, or worse, dismissible. He cannot be reduced or dismissed, and therefore the fight rages on the inside of us. Creator calling out to the creature, be reconciled, calling out. Come and be who I created you to be in me. But the understanding of who God is has been lost and therefore we've lost our value because we're created in his image. Genesis 1. If we don't know who he is, how can we possibly know who we are? If God is no greater than an image of wood or gold, then what does that make us? In losing sight of his beauty, We've lost sight of our own. We've lost sight of his glory and forsaken the glory he's placed in each one of us and defined for ourselves what we want to be instead of becoming his masterpiece. 
We've lost sight of the greatness and majesty of God, and as a result, lost sight of our own beauty and value. Psalm 139. We've lost sight of our uniqueness as man and woman and believed the lie that we can be each other because we were sold the lie that one is superior to the other. So we've made ourselves neutral and stepped into neutrality does not make us equal. It makes us less than who we were designed to be. Out of this lie emerges the question of worth and the voice of self-hatred that makes us ashamed of who God made us. Therefore, we strip ourselves of both the glory of man and woman and take on neutrality, nothingness, to squelch the gnawing question, the question that demands an answer. But we will never squelch the question because it screams from the inside of us. We must realize the struggle has always been in us, and the only thing that can heal that understanding that there is a God and that we all find our value and purpose in him. Colossians 1. To squelch God is to squelch ourselves. We're nothing without God because we're made in his image. Don't you see? We've tried to find our identity outside of him and in the process become confused about who we really are. The only answer is to return to him to see him in all his magnificence and beauty. In returning to him, we behold true beauty, not pseudo beauty that the philosophies of this world have sold us and called beauty, outward, fleshly, earthly, sensual, but the true beauty of kindness, goodness, peace, faithfulness, and love, beauty that cannot be denied in the face of the most heinous evil, Against such there is no law. Beauty that has been forsaken because we called it weak or replaced it with power over another human soul, slavery to human whim and greed. Beauty we replaced with the worship of self and sexual prowess, driven by fear to never be a victim. We never love or let love in. Love, the purest beauty, The true beauty that shines light into darkness and darkness has no power over it. John 1. This beauty is found in one face, the face of Jesus Christ. The truest, the most beautiful, the most glorious. And in it is gazing into his face that we find our true value and beauty. It exists in no other place but in him. He is the image of of the God invisible, the exact representation of his person. When you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father, God. Do you want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus and learn about him. Don't take for granted what you've been told by mere mortals about who he is, but seek him out for yourself and be undone. Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. Yes, people that were lost, but something else that was lost. Beauty, value, relationship, worth. We've all let go and gone our own way and taken our own path into stubborn pride. In our pain and agony, we've run the other way to find another alternative to God because the lie has told us 
God would never love you. He would never want you or accept you. He doesn't love you. He just wants to send you to hell. So we run and become lost. Have you ever been really lost, like in the woods or driving on a road? It's very frightening. Wanderers, confused, in search of our value. We've looked to other things like education and intellect to give us worth. We've looked to other people to give us worth. We've called and and, and looked to outward achievements. We've called that our value. We've sold our souls to them, whoever they are, and believe the lie that we're only as valuable as the things or the ways that we appear to other men. But the problem with that is no matter how much we acquire or achieve or how skinny we become, we can't fill the void of shame, which haunts and mocks us constantly. Self-development is commendable, but the only problem with it is that it, it can only go so far because ultimately we can't improve ourselves. The lie is always screaming that we are never good enough. So we kill ourselves to find something that can only be found in God, whom we strive so hard to rid ourselves of. Imagine that, throwing out the only answer to our pain. Imagine that. So what then is the solution to this dilemma of human value and struggle for acceptance within ourselves? We must look outside ourselves to the beautiful God. We must surrender the illusion that we are smart enough, pretty enough, strong enough, skilled enough to fix anything, especially ourselves. We must fling ourselves upon the goodness and kindness of God, the only Savior, the only one who can bring something out of nothing, the only one who can bring beauty out of tragedy, the only creator, redeemer, and healer, the lover of our very souls. Look, the philosophies of mere men are death. The principles of this world are blindness. But if we find ourselves in Christ and are rooted and built up in him, we can find our true beauty and worth. Everything is in him. All purpose, all glory, all value, all strength, all wisdom. Colossians 2, 3, Revelations 4. 411 and 512. Let Christ be glorified in all. Amen. Wow. There were a couple times there where I was in tears and I didn't know if I was going to make it through that thing. Just reading it over and over and over. Um, coming to a realization of our true worth. We're going to just sit for just a second and let that just kind of sink in a little bit. The lie is always screaming that we are never good enough. The lie is always screaming that we are never good enough. Is that lie always screaming in your heart, in your mind? Well, let me just bring you some peace in that right now. I want to take you, I want to take you to Romans 5. 
These scriptures I'm about to share with you by far have been the greatest in my heart to help me in this struggle to understand my worth. Because the enemy of our souls, the devil, is always pushing and pushing and pushing for us to be our best. And again, I'm not, I don't have anything against uh, self-improvement for that sake, but for self-improvement, as far as trying to find our value in that stuff, um, you're just going to kill yourself with that. I can just tell you that right now. But in Romans 5, you know, our ultimate desire is for peace and joy in our heart. And in, in Romans 5, verse 1, Paul says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of us are trying to experience peace with God through all of our many strivings and all of the things that we're trying to prove to God and prove to ourselves. But you know what? There's only one place where peace with God is found. And that's through our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who gave the sacrifice. And I want to go down to verse six, because this is where I live and live constantly. He says, for when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Hello. A lot of times we read that scripture and it says, for Christ died for us. No, Christ died for the ungodly, which means all of us were ungodly. For scarcely, in verse 7, for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I'm going to read that again because I need to hear that again. For when we were still without strength... In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for the ungodly. Guess who the ungodly is? You and me. We're not good. We're not perfect. We're not good enough. We're not pretty enough. We're not skinny enough. We're not anything enough. And as soon as we reconcile ourselves to that, we're going to find our worth. I know that sounds like counterintuitive. It sounds like a counter thing. You know, uh, how can understanding that you're not good enough bring you peace about your worth? Look, I don't know. That's how God, that's how God made it. But we have to understand that Christ died for the ungodly, which we were, we were were before Christ, the ungodly. When Jesus was hanging on that cross and the, they, they were mocking him and saying all manner of evil against him. And those people that he said, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was talking about us. Christ died for the ungodly of which we were and which we are if we're not in Christ. Okay, because Jesus said, if you don't believe I'm who I say I am, you're going to die in your sins. But God demonstrates his own love toward us 
in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, I want to go on further in those scriptures. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, though whom we now have received the reconciliation. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Much more than in verse nine, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Don't you see in all of these scriptures that it's God's work, not ours. It's his work. This is his work. This was his plan. This was his desire. He made this plan and not only made the plan, but he executed it himself. Oh my gosh, I'm having like church right here in my, my computer room right now. I'm, I'm just having church. I'm getting so excited about this. It was God's plan. While we were ungodly, while we were without strength to do anything about it, he executed this plan in the earth. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. This was God's plan. This was God's work. Why? Because of his love. Because of his love. That's where our security needs to be found. That's where our worth is found. That's where, you know, I heard a preacher say one time, how do you know the value of an item? Say you're going to buy something at a store. How do you know the value of that item? You know the value of that item by the price that is being paid for that item. Now in our world, sometimes somebody can hike up a price and the thing that you're buying is not really worth that much. But in this illustration, how do you know the item has value by the price that is willing to be paid for it? And if that's a true statement and we look at these scriptures in light of that statement, wow, wow, our value and worth is worth the life of God. I mean, look, I'm having a zillion epiphanies here today. I'm, I'm having a ton of revelation here in this moment because if we let go of all the insecurities in our heart that tell us we're not good enough, we're not skinny enough and all that, if we just come to terms with that, okay, we are, we're not, we're not good enough. If I just come to terms with that and realize that that is a true statement, man, those things will lose their power over my life. If I realize, uh, yeah, I'll never be skinny enough. Look, I've been fat and I've been skinny. And in both places, I've felt the exact same about myself. So let me tell you this right now. You might feel good physically when you get skinny and it'll, and it, and it will give you some self-esteem. I'm not saying it won't, but if there's a place of insecurity in your heart, irregardless of whether you're fat and skinny, you're going to feel the same way. You know, a lot of women I've talked to that were, that were very overweight or obese have, um, when they've lost a ton of weight, still felt like the fat girl. You know, look, we can do everything in our power in relationships, in activities in our life to try and make us feel good enough. But you know what? If, if we do feel good enough when that happens, then you're going to have to do something else to feel good enough. And let me just say, you're not going to feel good enough because you ain't good enough. 
The Bible already says that for when we were without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. An ungodly person is not good enough for anything. And so, and again, these, these are ways that these scriptures have spoken to my heart and my life. We give the enemy power when we strive to be good enough and pretty enough and skinny enough and educated enough and, and all these things enough, 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 enough. And guess what? If you've been living life in this world long enough, you know that those things, even if you acquire them, you're still not good enough in your own heart. Why? Because the lie, because the enemy screams out, you're not good enough. And you know what? When the day I decided to go, you know what? You're right. The Bible says Christ died for the ungodly. I'm the ungodly, but you know what? He saw that I wasn't good enough. He saw that I wasn't strong enough. And he decided the Bible says in the book of Isaiah that his own arm worked salvation for him. He realized there was nobody in all the earth that could do the job. And so he did it himself. And look, if that's not enough for you, then, you know, I I feel sorry for you. And I got to be careful right now because I'm going to get my preach on, but we have to realize that our worth cannot be found in all the ways that we achieve in life. Yes, we're going to experience some uh, form of esteem from that. But we have to understand that our worth is found in these scriptures right here. Our worth is found in Christ. Our worth is found in in the price that was paid for us. Our worth is found in the demonstration of God's own love toward us. Now, see, I've, I've brought these scriptures into the forefront of this podcast so we can understand that this is our foundation. This is the foundation that we live from or that we, that we desire to live from. Because if we don't live from this and God, and God will bring us to a place to be able to live in this, then guess what? Everything else is going to be uh, just really messed up. Okay. And a lot of times, like I said, at the intro of the, of the program this today, that a lot of our insecurities, a lot of our sorrows and pains and the sorrows and pains that we bring into the lives of other people are because of this very foundational, um, revelation of our own value and worth. Look, if you trace any relational, um, junk back to the core issue, it's worth the, the, the idea and the understanding that we have of our own value and worth. Look, when, when you are in, um, and let me just settle this too right now before I go to this next thought. Okay. Let me just, let me just make the playing field about as even and ground level as we can. Everybody's dysfunctional. Okay. I don't care how healthy your family is. And and again, you may have a really healthy family compared to somebody else's family, but compared to who we all are and who we all were before Christ in due time died for us, guess what? We're all pretty jacked up. So, you know, don't, don't give yourself, uh, you know, an A plus because you're not as dysfunctional as your neighbor might be. Look, we're all dysfunctional because sin came into the world through the disobedience of Adam and created dysfunctional families. Okay. So guess what? We're all part of a dysfunctional family and no matter how healthy you believe your family is, there's some dysfunction there. Maybe not even because of how they treated you or how they interacted with you, but just that in eight sinful nature that's in man speaks to him and uh 
just tells him all manner of lies, which we just went into uh, regarding the lie that steals our beauty that we just read. And I get very excited about this because, man, this is where I live right now. God is really doing an amazing work in my heart regarding worth. And look, let me tell you, I've been through a lot of experiences, personal experiences, experiences in my family of origin that did not um, sow into me worth and value and all that. And many of you, if not all of you out there can say the exact same thing. It's not because our parents meant to do that. It's because they didn't have it in their own self to give it to us. And so that's where we have to pour out forgiveness on people because you know what Jesus said, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. How can you not know what you're doing? You are a Roman soldier, um, beating a man to death, hanging him on a cross, jeering at him, yelling at him, saying all manner of evil against him. How can you say that they don't know what they're doing? Of course they know what they're doing. They're hanging you on a cross. They're doing it on purpose. But when he speaks out, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That is such a huge statement. How many times have you been convicted of sin in your life? Of maybe wounding somebody? Or how many times has the Lord opened your eyes about the ways that some of your behaviors and the things that you've done have wounded people. And when you look back over the incident, you realize that uh, I didn't do it for that. I didn't mean to hurt them. It's just something that happened, uh, maybe out of your insecurities, out of your own wounds and pains. But rarely do people intend to hurt people. Now, I'm not saying there aren't some um, people out there that intentionally hurt people, but even then, they're their actions are based out of the same exact place. These places of wounding and insecurity and trauma and all kinds of stuff. And so when the Bible says, when Jesus out of his own mouth said, I want you to love one another just like I've loved you. Whew, boy, when you think about that statement, that's huge. When I think about how Jesus has loved me, in spite of all the mistakes I've made, in spite of all the ways I've sinned and hurt people and done things wrong. And he's telling me that I need to love other people the same way that he's loved me. Man, that's a huge order. And how often do we obey that command? Not very often at all. And I can tell you right now, I have not obeyed that command very often at all. I might mentally assent to that. But if I was going to love someone like Jesus loved me, what would that look like for my life? And even the situations that I'm in right now, the people that I have relationship with, the places and the the things in my life, what would it look like? I want you to ask yourself that question right now. What would it look like if I loved other people like Jesus loves me? And let me just pose this other question to you. How can you even love people the way Jesus loves you if you don't understand how he loves you in the first place? Look, hello, that's a whole other podcast. And I'm already into this podcast like 31 minutes. uh, And I don't want to keep us here all day. But look, this is, I'm going to have to continue this because this is a very pertinent question. If we are called to walk as Jesus walked, 
And he said, I want you to love others in the same exact way that I have loved you. Ask yourself that question. Am I loving others in the same exact way that he loves me? And look, uh, this could get us into all kinds of trouble right here because I can hear people now, uh, that doesn't mean accepting people that are abusing us. Of course it doesn't mean that. But let me just say this. If you understood how Jesus has loved you, you wouldn't let other people abuse you. And that's a whole other podcast too. So all I'm saying, and I'm very passionate about this because this is the work that God's doing in in my life right now, is that he's helping me to understand that there are boundaries. There are decisions that we need to make about the relationships that we have in life. Um, And that beginning place, that understanding place is in, in Romans five, in that place of understanding that I was broken. And even in that brokenness, Jesus came to set me free. And when I understand that, when I come to this realization of my value and my worth in him, then all my relationships change. My thoughts and feelings about myself change. All my understanding of all the wounds that I've acquired by those relationships and and in my family of origin and all these things, it all changes. The perspective completely changes. You might say, how can people forgive when they've been dealt this really horrible hand? Ultimately, you can only do it because of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. But when you understand what you've been forgiven of, then you can extend forgiveness to other people. And again, we're going to go ahead and cut this podcast off because we're going to continue this. But there is a wealth of information in here that's really good, that I believe it's been revolutionary in my life and I believe is going to be revolutionary in your life. But we've, we've looked at, okay, where is our origin that we need to start with? I think we've laid a really good foundation of where do we start from? in order to understand our worth. And the podcast after this, the next part of this is going to be, how is that played out in our lives? And what does that look like played out in our lives? Look, the word of God is our governing place, is our foundation. And it's the only place that we can look to, to understand our worth, to understand our value, and then begin to live our lives out of that. And we don't want you to have condemnation because I'll tell you what this this uh, series, if you want to call it a series, what it's going to do is it's going to help us see all the ways that we've lived our lives out of these broken places and out of these places of, you know, no value and no worth and how that's impacted not only our own lives, but the lives of our kids and the lives of our spouses, all the lives that are connected to us. And it's not a place of condemnation. It's a place of revelation so that God can bring transformation. Amen. I want to pray over you right now and then I'm going to let you go. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you that while we were without strength, you came. Thank you that you demonstrated your own love in that you sent Jesus Christ. We love you for it. We thank you for it. God, continue to bring us revelation. Continue to bring us to a place of freedom where we can walk in freedom, not only in our own lives, but in all of our relationships and all of the dealings that we have with other people. We ask for your healing power 
in these instances in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I want to thank you so much for listening today. Go out, make it a great day today. It's the first of September. Go out and make it a great day. Have a great Labor Day weekend. It's the last official weekend of the summer. So go to the beach, go out and have some fun. I invite you to come over to ChrissyHutchings.com and click on newsletter there and you'll be able to subscribe and get the monthly newsletter and all the things that we do here at The Worship Life. We love you. We bless you. Go out and make it a great day and we'll see you next time on The Worship Life.